Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, Season 3, Episode 22, published on August 1st, 2022. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking with Todd Ellis about updates from the NRA Annual Meeting. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and the competitive pricing. If you've already been certified as an instructor, by one of the national trading organizations, then you can go along and apply for FTA coverage. It's as simple as going to FTAProtect.com. And remember, receive special 10% off your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by the Range Tech Shot Timer. A shot timer is a critical tool to measure performance, and no credible fire instructor hosts a class without one. Range Tech Timer is both the most affordable and most feature-rich shot timer on the market. Connected via Bluetooth to a tablet on the firing line to simplify recording times and sharing them with your students. Range Tech also features Bluetooth integration with Practice Score and built-in auto scoring based on USPSA, IDPA, multi-gun, or steel challenge scoring schemes. Learn more at rangetechtimer.com. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every fire instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Todd Ellis. Welcome, Todd. Thanks for coming on uh, share your advice with our audience. Great. Thanks, Rob. Great. Well, hey, you've been on uh, before, um, but can you give our listeners a little bit about who Todd Ellis is? Sure. Well, um, I am a uh, an instructor. I'm also a training counselor. Um, I'm an appointed state training counselor liaison. Um, so I, uh, I'm asked to help answer questions, mentor um, or in some cases, remediate some situations with our 4,400 instructors in Pennsylvania and roughly 115 training counselors that are across uh, the Commonwealth. Um, I uh, do a lot of teaching, um, everything from uh, basic rifle. I have taught literally thousands of Boy Scouts how to uh, accurately shoot a rifle and earn their rifle merit badge as well as their shotgun merit badge. And uh, I am an Eagle Scout and uh, also a wood badger and a silver beaver. Um, so I've done a lot of volunteer work there. Also an auxiliary uh, officer with my local PD. So I'm a sworn law enforcement guy. Um, and on top of that, I was uh, recently reelected to the board of directors of the National Rifle Association. So very proud of that and proud of the organization. Good. Well, we've got, um, obviously, we've got the right person to talk about the uh, NRA's annual meeting instructor update for uh, 2022 and discussing those uh, topics because if uh, instructors weren't there to see it in person, uh, they can catch the uh, whole video uh, that is on the NRA instructor forum uh, that is out there uh, for it. But we're going to go through and get, do a high level view over the next uh, half hour to 45 minutes to give instructors uh, what was uh, talked about to hopefully get a little bit more information out there. Uh, Todd, can you tell us what some of the major announcements were for the year? Well, there there was quite a few. One of them was the uh, the increasing number of people taking courses. Um, we keep blowing the numbers out of the water. It's really amazing how many people really want to go out and have a better idea of how to um, properly and ethically shoot their guns. Um, they need to know this stuff. They're first time gun buyers in many cases. 
And uh, very often the first face of the NRA is an NRA certified instructor. So they're getting that exposure. They're learning all the right stuff the first time. Um, in many cases, they'll show up at a range and the range owner says, you know what? I know you really want to shoot your gun, but you really need to talk to one of our instructors. We offer classes here and uh, this is a new opportunity for them to move forward. So those things are generating incredible numbers. To give you an idea, uh, there was a purchase order that had to be placed for 100,000 textbooks <laughs> for basics of pistol shooting. Now, I, I was talking about this with a friend of mine unrelated to guns. I said, look, have you ever heard of a university having to buy 100,000 textbooks before? And they said, you got to be kidding. I said, no, there is that much interest out there. There's a thirst. There's a hunger. Um, now we have new things happening. For example, CCW in New Jersey, which is adjacent here to where I am in the Philadelphia area. Um, we're starting to get deluged by people saying, hey, I need training because now I want to qualify for my New Jersey concealed carry license. So uh, it, it's like the fourth wave. It's, it's like COVID, right? So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The first wave was, hey, I, I'd really like to, to learn. The second one was, oh, I got to have a gun because of COVID and all the rising crime. So now I need to have a course. And then it was, well, I got all my COVID money, so I, I need to take a course. And now we have the Jersey thing where everybody from Jersey is finally having that first opportunity to exercise their Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. And one thing many people don't realize, um, you were talking about $100,000 or 100,000 copies of the basic epistle book, uh, but the NRA has printed over a million uh, copies of the basic pistol book, which brings it up in some pretty uh, uh elite territory although we won't see it on any bestseller list anytime soon it goes along and shows you uh just how how many books nationwide have been uh distributed and used and you know giving people good information on how to be safe and how to enjoy themselves i've actually had students contact me to say i lost my book can you please sell me another book because you don't find them on amazon right mm -hmm. so <laughs> you got to go back to your instructor and ask for another copy. It's that important to them. And frankly, there's so much information in that, that uh, little handbook uh, that's not even taught in the course. For example, mm -hmm. hunting with a handgun, what you can hunt with a handgun. That was informative to me. Um, I have a cousin and an uncle that uh, used to hunt whitetail uh, with Thompson contenders many years ago. I had no idea some of the things that you could do. I learned it myself from the book. So it's a, it's a fantastic uh, piece of literature. Yep. That's uh, d definitely something good. And if people are looking to you know, have a basic pistol book, that's one to look into. Well, what other announcements uh, were made about uh, during the meeting? Well, some of the uh, other things were uh, uh, training counselor of the year award, which I thought was uh, really fantastic. Uh, very deserving individual was named. And um, that will be an ongoing uh, thing, if you will. So think about uh, training counselors that you've worked with this year and think about nominating them next year. Um, that will be an ongoing uh, kind of a uh, uh, honor for those who really go above and beyond in helping others train. And that's really what we're all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for, and, you know, to think about, you know, those instructors that are out there, 
um, you know, training counselor was that first person that helped you understand the content that helped you to understand how to organize your course. And in a lot of cases, and especially in my case, and I think in yours too, Todd, we're also a source of information. When somebody is like, Hey, I've got this problem. I don't have these books. You know, I've, I've got too many people. I need some help. You know, all these kind of calls that come in and, and we, because it's a long-term relationship with these instructors, help them go along and understand what the guidelines are, how to go along, go through the trainer's guide to put on a course uh, per the NRA uh, curriculum. And those are really, uh, you know, beneficial to everybody because for one, we're building a future, you know, superstar instructor and B we're going along and helping the public get the education that they need and they want. And we keep getting phone calls, right? And and that's wonderful when the student calls up and says, you know what? I had the situation. Um, how could I have done this better, right? Um, not dwelling on the negative, better to ask what they could do better than what I screwed up, right? So um, I actually had one instructor call me during this whole COVID thing saying, I can't teach because nobody can get ammo. And I said, Charles, if I found somebody that could get you a case of ammo, can I get you to teach? He said, I would do that. So I hooked him up with a group that was uh, able to secure a pallet of nine millimeter ammo. And uh, the price was not attractive, but it got him teaching. And Mm -hmm. that was the most important thing. Here's the tools. If you don't have the tools, if you need help, that's what the training counselor is there to do. Exactly. I I had an instructor who did his uh, first course uh, last weekend and he actually went along and called me after it and was like, it was so much fun. We, we did the training. We went to the range. They shot. They did really good. They were safe about it. And he wanted to make sure he's reporting everything correctly because he wanted to make sure he got the, got the credit for it. And it's just one of those things where, as I told him, you know, it's, it's really great to hear the excitement in his voice because that'll be the instructor, uh, after I'm long gone, that'll be carrying that torch, uh, for the next generation that'll go along and be helping Americans, you know, after I'm gone, be able to go along and learn how, how to properly, uh, handle properly store and enjoy shooting sports. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because Joe DeBurglis recently wrote a, a column about apprentice instructors. And uh, I thought it was very well written. Um, I'm not sure that you have. I know I have minted several apprentice instructors. Um, Typically, apprentices are uh, as young as 13. They need to be mature. Um, Honestly, we find young ladies at 13 tend to be a bit more mature than young men. Um, But that being said, every single apprentice without uh, deviation has managed to get a 100 on the written test and passed all the shooting obligations. They've typically done better than an adult because they're sponges. They listen to everything you say. They make Mm -hmm. tons of notes and they get it all correct. Um, They are the future. They are the ones who then can become an assistant once they turn 18 um, with the blessing of the training counselor and from uh, ENT. Um, and then later they can become a certified instructor once they turn 21. So they have to continue to assist, but those apprentice instructors have just been stellar. I, I really enjoy working with them. Yeah. And that's the pipeline that you want to build when you're looking, when you're looking at, you know, you know, I'm nowhere near ready to, you know, stop training, but at the same time, I realize that I'm getting older. It takes a little bit more to get up in the morning and, and it makes it a little bit harder. 
and look at the younger instructors and at some point there i'm gonna i'm hoping they will step into my shoes and you know make their own path on it when i'm uh you know retired uh, when i'm not no longer able to put on the course the way that i think i should be able to and that's what we should all be thinking about is how do we get the next generation in you know that could be somebody who's a 40 year old you know whose uh, kids are get who are you know 18 or so and they want to help them or it could be somebody who's 30 who's wants to get involved in the uh, boy scout uh, shooting sports or somebody who's in the 20s who just got out of the military or a you know somebody who's in their teens that's as you said mature that will go along and be able to you know move up into those ranks and hopefully at some point be a you know good instructor and then move into a training counselor role and be able to start passing that along to the next uh, next generation of instructors. Yeah, that was an opportunity I didn't have as a young man. And I really got started at age 11, uh, Boy Scout camp, shooting a rifle. And mm-hmm. that then got me into the martial shoot qualification program with uh, a local uh, gun club. And uh, I progressed all the way through that program. Um, I very easily could have been a uh, apprentice instructor. That would not have been a, a big stretch for me, but it wasn't available. But now it is. So when a young person comes to me and says, I want to be an apprentice instructor, I really want them to succeed. And I'll help them in any way I can get those tools and skills to actually be uh, you know, the best they can be, meet that potential. And what I, the quote I, I tell all my instructors is I want to make them the best instructor they can be. You know, mm-hmm. some people have certain gifts that make them stellar right out of the block. And other times people have to work at it a little bit harder, but if they have determination, they can become, uh, you know, great instructors. And it's so fun to watch as they blossom. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, how about uh, what other updates did they have uh, for the other uh, training programs that, they've, uh, that are out there from the NRA, well, ENT? We talked a bit more about the CCW program that continues to grow. Um, that is um, uh, probably one of the, the most promising parts of the, uh, the entire training program. Uh, of course, pistol is always going to be a, a very popular course, but having a modular course like CCW is actually uh, very attractive for a lot of different reasons. Um, some will ask, why should I be taking CCW? And then we ask them just a few little questions like, um, so you have a concealed carry license already? Yeah, why do I need a course? Okay, so um, when you carry, um, where do you carry and what kind of holster do you have? And they start explaining how they carry and so on and so forth. And I said, great. Have you ever had to draw your firearm in a defensive situation? And they, they pause for a moment and they say, well, no. Why? And I said, well, have you ever thought about what it would take to reholster your firearm once you had to draw it for a defensive situation? And I get this blank look like, I would have to do that. And suddenly they realized there's a whole lot I don't know. Mm-hmm. I knew enough to shoot. I knew enough to qual. If you're in a state that does require that. Um, I bought a holster and a gun and I carry every day and I'm exercising my second amendment rights, but do I have all of the skill sets? And once they suddenly realize that's something I could do better. Um, they're like, Hey, look, I need to be in your next CCW course. And, uh, and occasionally those same individuals will progress to the instructor course um, and they don't all pass the instructor course. It's one where, frankly, um, we really need to ensure that they have mastered the skill sets before they get to that point. And um, uh, if they do pass it, then frankly, they've done a very good job. This is an accomplishment. Um, 
And those people tend to teach that course exceptionally well too. But uh, it, it's a very important course. More and more people are taking it as the trend has uh, continued. More people take the CCW course than the personal protection series inside and outside the home, uh, especially outside the home. Uh, fewer and fewer are taking it um, and many more are taking CCW. Mm -hmm. And one thing uh, with the CCW course to point out to people is when you look at the government mandated licensing requirements, no matter what state you're in, you know, bar none, they are the absolute bare minimum for safe pistol handling and shooting. I mean, nobody goes along and requires any kind of um, uh, su uh, super duper John Wick kind of shooting from a state perspective, okay, because they want to make it very basic, very simple. Then you add on top of that the constitutional uh, carry states, which let's put it this way. It's your right for constitutional carry, but it's your responsibility to know and understand the laws. And when you take those uh, two groups of people and put them into the CCW course, they start gaining skills and knowledge of how to go along and handle the firearm confidently and draw from a holster, reholster, how to go along and shoot. Not just to hit the uh, bullseye, but how to defensively shoot, because that's a little different than going along and hitting the bullseye. And they need to kind of understand, you know, what they're dealing with, um, you know, speed wise. You know, some of the younger uh, shooters might be able to draw it really fast. Some of the older ones might be a little slower. But you need to know that before you get into those uh, situations. And at the same time, you need to understand the other concepts, you know, cover, concealment. How do you how do you go along and get your coat jacket, those types of things out, out of the way? And those are all skills that, you know, again, any state licensing course does not require anything even close to that. You know, there are, there are probably instructors out there that have their own courses, but the NRA has a you know good course put together from a CCW standpoint that allows you to do modules. You know, their lesson one's the only ones required to be done, and all the other ones you can mix and match to make a course fit whatever time limit or the interest of your students. And it's fun. And that's the most important thing is that most of the students are um, wanting to learn more. We talk about defensive ammo, right? They know about ammo, but they might not know about defensive ammo. Like, what is the difference between a hollow point and a polymer tip? Uh, why does the FBI use a particular brand that has a polymer tip? And maybe it's because it's more reliable, because it feeds better. Uh, because depending on the platform, it doesn't get snagged on the feed ramp when you need it the most. <laughs> things like mm -hmm. that, they don't know and they want to know. And those are the type of things that uh, can be discussed uh, in that scenario. I think the, the ability of having that modular program, hopefully in the future, will uh, be a part of future courses and how we approach um, how we're teaching these, these very complex uh, situations. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah, any kind of self-defense situation is extremely complex for, you know, do you have any updates on when, when the other courses might be going more toward a, a modular approach? No. Okay. <laughs> so manpower is still a, a big consideration. Um, we have open positions. Uh, we, the NRA, um, uh, not me. <laughs> NRA ENT, let's, let's be real clear. Okay. Um, they have um, openings. Part of the problem is, is you realize it is a nonprofit organization and it is based in Northern Virginia and uh, cost of living is relatively high. So it takes uh, uh, the right individual that can fit the profile um, that would go after that job. And frankly, that's a, that's a tall order and uh, 
as such, there's still development going on. Uh, when uh, it's possible, there is development that's going on, for example, with a BIT program, uh, basic instructor training. And uh, that is a slow process. We had hoped that that would have been done at this point this year, uh, if not the end of last year. Um, but again, demand for a lot of other resources, for example, TCDWs, the, the development workshop for training counselors, um, that has been an all hands on deck type thing. It requires several people from headquarters to hold those. Um, most of them are held in uh, Northern Virginia, but there has been a traveling roadshow. In fact, uh, one coming up would be up in Alaska. So uh, uh, those are opportunities where looking at 2023, if you are interested in hosting a TCDW, there are some specific requirements that uh, the team would ask. Um, for example, how many people can you uh, put in your classroom? That has been a consideration. Uh, we did have somebody who said, hey, look, I really would love to do this at my place. And uh, the answer was, gosh, I really can't see more than 12. That's not going to help. So it, it really needs to uh, to run through this gauntlet of questions. But once you've gone through that, um, then it might be possible to schedule that for some time in the future. So that's, uh, that's an opportunity. Uh, I will tell you that every seat, except for the one in Alaska, has been sold for the year 2022. Um, they are all taken unless there's a dropout. Uh, I have uh, one individual who's an instructor here in the Philadelphia area who is a fantastic instructor. She just qualified to become a training counselor. Um, she liked to sign up for her TCDW. And then she said, do I have to go to Alaska? And I said, well, you can if you want. But um, frankly, you might just want to wait till 2023 and then jump on that list as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but definitely fills up quickly and for anybody who's considering it i'd also go along and highly recommend that you go through the uh ccw course because it, the tcdw is heavily um weighted on the pistol handling skills and you have to pass it in order to pass the uh, tcdw well, let, let's clarify that let's okay clarify. so um that's been an interesting point of contention because that was the thought pattern you need to be able to shoot, right? At the same time, we do have scouters who are not teaching pistol. They're teaching rifle and shotgun. You still have to be able to shoot a pistol, right? Mm -hmm. but, but you don't have to be John Wick, mm -hmm. right? Don't have to uh, absolutely ace the, uh, the, the dot drill, right, as an example. Um, it would be good if you could. It would be good if you have some good handling skills, um, and can shoot accurately and quickly, but that's not the end all. If you try, if you do well, I didn't say spectacular, <laughs> you hit the paper and you did it well, and you have the ability to take criticism, like, you know, I think you didn't shoot that well because of this, and you say, hey, great, you know what, thank you, I'm going to try to improve now, and you come with that mindset of, I want to improve, I'm here to learn, um, you will get through it. And that has prevented some um, who are in scouting who want to be training counselors from actually going through the program. So I, I would I, I don't want every everybody who wants to become a TC who's involved in scouting to run out right now and try to find a seat because you're not going to find them. But don't let your uh, lack of um, competitive pistol skills. Let's leave it at that. Um, stop you. It, you may need some practice. You may need some mentoring work with your training counselor or others in your shooting community. But um, 
again, we're not trying to mint John Wicks. We're trying to mint uh, really good training counselors. And frankly, the quality of the training counselors coming out of the TCDWs right now are just fantastic. Marty Sprick will tell you all about that. Uh, he talked about that during the presentation. Uh, it's on the video. The quality is just great. It's challenging the people that are actually going through the course are doing well. And uh, uh, the passing rate has been good too. So they're pushed, they're challenged, they're succeeding, and they're going out doing a great job for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a gimme course, but at the same time, uh, some concentrated dedication to it. And you too can uh, become a training counselor too. Uh, Got to work on it. Sure. Uh, what's your big advice when it came to uh, instructors during during the uh, instructor update? So the biggest piece of advice I had for them was um, part of this had to do with um, marketing yourself and how do you really go out there and be successful? There's a bunch of different points on that that I, I talk about. Um, you know, case in point, the number 38. Um, I taught 38 courses last year, 38. I have a full-time job. It is not training, right? So I was asked in most cases, would you please teach? Right now, I have three emails that came in the last 24 hours saying, could you please do shotgun? Could you please do CCW? Could you please do pistol instructor? Okay, I, I got to put that in the schedule somewhere and I got to do it very soon because there's actually full classes waiting to sign up if I would just get out there and set up a course. That's the point. We have people that are out there saying, well, you know, I'm an instructor and, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody out here that really wants a course. I only set up a course when they asked me to. And next thing you know, they haven't taught a course in five years because nobody's gone out of their way because they have no idea who you are. They don't know that you're an instructor. They might have seen you at the range. But you didn't have a badge on that said, hi, I'm Mr. Rifle Instructor. I'm Mr. Pistol Instructor. They don't know. You're not marketing yourself. You're not setting up courses on NRAI. NRAinstructors.org uh, is a fantastic tool. You set up a course. They look for you within a 25, 50, 75, 100-mile radius, um, depending on what course that you have set up. Um, there's a few people here locally that have figured it out. Um, within, uh, I'd say 25 miles of here, there's two individuals that set up basics of pistol shooting courses every day of the week. And, um, they, one charge is a little bit more than the other. Um, they kind of cater to the onesie twosies, but every week they're teaching three, four or five people and they're getting paid, frankly, quite a bit of money to do that. And during the week, it, it's their job. And it's uh, uh, in one particular case, uh, one fellow's retired. Uh, he's a retired Philadelphia police officer. Does a fantastic job. Um, and I really appreciate the, the folks that he forwards to me that then want to become pistol instructors themselves. So he sets up the courses. People find him. Likewise, if you set up a course and you're looking to have people find you, that's how it's done. Um in the future, we will have an opt-in method for instructors so that they will be able to say, hey, look, here I am. I'm Todd, and I'm a pistol, rifle, shotgun, blah, blah, blah instructor, and uh, I'll set up a course for you. And then they can contact you, and you can take it from there. But until that's set up, it's up to you. And if you're looking for somebody to ask you to set up a course, guess what? That's me. That's me. 
I'm asking you, please set up a course. Do it today. Look at your calendar. Figure out a weekend, a weeknight, whatever you need to do. But put a course up on NRAI, and let's see if you get somebody that wants to come to your course. And I would recommend get it you know, at least three months out in advance mm-hmm. because it's put this way. If you had to sign up for a course, you're not looking for a course this weekend. You're looking for something that's probably somewhere between, you know, three to six weeks out. So if you're not starting off if, as instructors, aren't listing things at least eight weeks out, you're really limiting the number of people that are looking for you. And even there go along to your suggestion, Todd, put something out there once a month. Put, you know, put together annual uh, schedule, different things along those lines, because here's a little tip trick that I work on is I do the NRA pistol uh, instructor course a couple of times. And then during the summer, I do the NRA CCW course mm-hmm. at the same time when it gets really hot, I do the NRA RSO and the chief RSO courses. And when people come in in January, February, March, like, oh, this is great. What other training uh, do you have that I can take? Well, here's an RSO course. Here's a chief RSO course. Here, Here is a CCW course. And oh, by the way, here's your rifle shotgun. And like, oh, I'll be there for all of them. It's that a makes, lot that easy- makes me really happy. <laughs> well, it's a lot easier to do an RSO course in February than it is to do a uh, CCW course. I yep. actually yep. had uh, four individuals who took CCW uh, student late in the fall. And they said, look, we really want to get this knocked out. We know the weather's going to be awful, but can we do it in January? And I said, are you sure you want to do this course in January? <laughs> and three out of four failed. And uh, cold had a lot to do with it. Um, it was distracting. Um, some of us who are CCW instructors will kind of chuckle because we're trying to put a little bit of real world stress in the uh, the entire shooting qual. And they have plenty of it. And uh, one individual is now a training counselor. He came back four months later. Again, right attitude. This guy was great. He came and knocked it out of the park. Uh, He knew what he was doing. He practiced well. Um, And to his credit, he said, this is what went wrong before. It wasn't just that it was full. It wasn't just that I I fumbled a mag. The problem was because of COVID, I was shooting with a laser indoors. I wasn't using ammo because it cost too much. It was hard to get. Whatever the case might be. I wasn't dealing with recoil. And I said, wow. Okay, so what have you done since then? He said, I bought a case of ammo. (laughs) I'm going to shoot the whole case. And when I'm done with that case, I'm going to schedule to come retake this course again. And he did. And he he knocked that out of the park. He was fun to watch. That's good. That's really good. But hey, um, where can people find uh, more information about uh, or the topics that are being discussed on NRA education training? You need to go to the trainers forum. This is really kind of cool. Um, this is uh, now being uh, looked at by well over 2,500 uh, instructors, which frankly is a drop of the bucket, but it's a bunch of folks. Uh, if you go to NRAI.org, um, that's NRAinstructors.org, one of the first things that you see once you log in um, is a little button that says, go to the trainers forum. You press that button, you go in. If you're not registered for that separately, go ahead and do it. Once you're registered, which uh, will involve your uh, NRA membership ID, um, then you're into the system. And now you can look at a a variety of different things. For example, if you were just talking about RSO, if you wanted to see what's going on with some questions people might have had about RSO courses, it's there. Um, If you are looking to 
uh, get some tips on how to teach uh, something to Boy Scouts, uh, or I should say Scouts BSA. Let's be clear about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a forum for youth uh, shooting and specifically for uh, BSA. Um, We actually, I think, have a new one in there for American Legion Junior Shooting. Did you know there was an American Legion Junior Shooting group? There is. It's like 4-H, only it's American Legion youth. So, I mean, it's really cool stuff. There's a lot of different things to look into. Great place to ask questions because you're going to get experienced people that are answer those questions. It's hit and miss on things like Facebook. Um, it's it's difficult to get the attention. For example, if you really need to find somebody uh, from HQ, uh, they're listening and watching things on the forum, right? So that's the place if... Uh, uh, you've got a good question. You're going to get uh, a variety of, of people who could answer that question from staff, from regional training counselor liaisons, state training counselor liaisons, training counselors, and experienced instructors. So that's the place to go with your questions. Uh, check it out. It's worthwhile. Not only that, but um, on that site, you can actually see the video of the presentation that was given for the trainer's update at the 2022 uh, annual meeting that was held uh, just this past May. So uh, it, it's a great place to go. Yep, that is uh, Fort. And I will um, go along and put that link into the show notes so that anybody who's not familiar with it um, will have that information at their fingertips. So here's a, a quick question for you, uh, Todd. Can you name an influential uh, mentor that's helped you get to where you are today? Absolutely. I uh, I went to a very interesting high school and had a uh, an English teacher who was actually kind of our our proctor as part of a a group of advanced kids that started out in a in an eighth grade group in high school. We actually had eighth grade there. Very few of us, and uh, uh, he was our shepherd, if you will. And his name was Mr. Bradley. He passed away uh, just a few years ago, but I got to see him as an adult. And I look a whole lot different now than I did when I was graduating high school at 17. Um, I had hair. Let's start there. <laughs> um, but he, he, I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, Mr. Bradley. And he turned around and looked me in the eye and he said, Todd Ellis, how are you? I, it shocked me. He was in his eighties and uh, I, I, I just about lost it. I was so happy to see him and he was actually happy to see me too. And I had actually written uh, an interesting dialogue about him that he had actually read elsewhere. And uh, and he wanted to tell me how much he appreciated all the kind words I said about him. So uh, he was uh, just a fantastic mentor and uh, I always have appreciated all the gifts that he gave me. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a great example because it shows you just how, you know, somebody who can do something when you are you know, a teenager, 16, 17, can carry all the way through your uh, adult life. And that's why I like asking that question because it really does go along and uh, remind us all to make uh, those small little efforts to make to help people out because you never know how much that's going to uh, be repaid in number of people they teach or the number of uh, people that they uh, mentor down the road. So well, thanks funny, for that. The funniest thing was this this guy had certain things that he would say and and frankly say too many times, but little did he know that this one particular phrase that he would often use with me 
uh, might be kind of appropriate. He had a saying, don't shoot your kneecaps off. In other words, um, don't do something without thinking. And uh, here I am now uh, an instructor for firearms training and, <laughs> uh, and and hearing this whole thing when I'm just a youth, don't shoot your kneecaps off. Great instruction. That's great. Well, hey, Todd, where can people find out what uh, classes you're teaching? NRAI. Uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, like any instructor, um, people say, well, where, where can you find me? Well, look for my courses. And uh, I'm in the Philadelphia area. Um, if you are interested in a course, uh, you might be able to find me there. But most importantly, find any good instructor and, uh, and tell them you heard about it here. Tell them you, you want to take a course. You heard that uh, there's great trainers available from nrainstructors.org and, uh, and Todd sent them. Great. Well, Todd, I appreciate your uh, time tonight and sharing your wisdom with the audience. Great. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for the opportunity. That's a wrap for this episode, and I hope you found it interesting, both for those NRA instructors out there and those non-NRA instructors out there. Remember, share it with your friends. Let them know what's going on in the training industry. Also, do you have a suggestion for me on an episode or someone you'd like us to have on the show? Email me at ftp at your suggestions, and I'll follow up and see what I can make work. You can also leave us feedback on our Facebook page, or better yet, leave it on our website at firearmtrainerpodcast.com. Our website allows you to search previous episodes from previous years, previous topics like marketing, social media, and dealing with those challenges. Visit our sponsor, especially the Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. You became a certified instructor and established your business to help the public. Now, make your next step to go out and get FTA coverage. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off for listening to this podcast. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor like you in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.